Today's episode is sponsored by Selena's Mexican Restaurant and Taqueria in Rochester, New York. Selena's is celebrating our 25th year in Rochester, and we are proud to continue offering fresh-made, Mexican-inspired recipes that are affordable and served by Rochester's best. Check out our event space for private occasions, as well as our catering menu for groups of 10 to 2,000. Looking for something different to do? Selena's hosts monthly tequila tasting classes, as well as corporate team-building seminars. Check out the website to learn more, selena's.com. S-A-L-E-N-A-S dot com. Hey, y'all. I'm Erica Cervello, and I'm the owner as well as the stylist at Gallery Salon, located at Fort Elton Street in the neighborhood of the Arts in Rochester, New York. We specialize in everything from lived-in hair color to vivid creations, haircuts, wedding hair and makeup, structured manicures, gel extensions, and the best nail art in the city. We work closely with Rochester artists and makers to carry an array of handmade goodies for you to shop from. Gallery Salon is proud to offer gender-neutral pricing, and we are a certified LBGTQ plus safe zone. Our space and staff are welcoming and down-to-earth. We know you'll be comfortable to come as you are and celebrate your individuality at Gallery Salon. You can find us at gallerryhair.com and Facebook or Instagram. Give us a call at 585-271-8340, or better yet, swing by and meet us and see what we're about. Jazzcast Pros Welcome back to another episode of Getting Real with Bossy. With Kelly and Kelly. Hi, everybody. We're excited to share with you our interview with Erica Sorbello. Erica was our biggest and first fan of Bossy. Yeah, she was the first person we reached out to and was at our very first meeting and pretty much everyone ever since. Erica is going to tell you her story, which is not a direct road to success, and she's going to talk about how she stared bankruptcy in the face and what she did to get through it. Yeah. Erica's story is really unique and different from ours. And I hope that you can see some similarities. And hopefully, if you're going through some of the same struggles that Erica went through, uh, you'll see how how she's doing now and what a great success she is. Erica is a, her salon anyways, is a certified safe space I think it's fair to say Erica is as well. Yes. And she shares stories of the backlash she faced um, in doing that. Yeah, it's very difficult when you marry your business to your to your politics and your ethics. It's it's amazing what she's done, and she'll definitely tell how that's worked and how much of a struggle it's been. And she'll also talk about her journey with mental health personally and how she tried to expand it to her business, thinking that in the salon world, she could help her clients uh, gain the resources they need, but ultimately found that it was her staff that needed the resources and how she's tied that into her business model. When we decided to create Bossy, we reached out to her because she owned a business very different than ours. And we did not know how many similarities we were going to have in our struggles. It was really neat. And that was probably the first time that we really understood that the problems that business owners face are, are all the same. It really doesn't matter what industry that you're in. Uh, now Erica is and was the first visionary we brought on to our team to help support us and is a visionary still today. Yep. She was there to help us expand and really gives us great insight to see and support us where we want to see Bossy go. I hope you enjoy it. Here's our interview with Erica Sorbello, owner of Gallery Salon. Hey, y'all. Erica Cervello here from Gallery Salon. I was asked why I'm in Bossy, and the first thing that came to mind was a bunch of like-minded women who understand the stress and the ins and outs of owning a business. It's like a balancing act, and I am so thrilled to be able to have women by my side. 
I'm on the vision board to help other women obtain their goals and their business dreams. I love to be a mentor for these people who need a shoulder to lean on or maybe even to cry on. Bossy has helped me grow as an owner, as a mentor, as a leader, and as a badass boss. Getting Real with Bossy is a podcast honoring women business owners. Led by Kelly and Kelly, we are established entrepreneurs and co-founders of Bossy, a network of women business owners. We believe in honesty and transparency, sharing disasters as well as achievements, and building a community where women feel seen and leave ready to F shit up. Bossy challenges gender expectations and allows women the space to disrupt and be bold. You'll hear from other women running a full spectrum of businesses, the doers, those around them, and tips and tricks to manage all the balls that are in the air. If you are ready to be honest and raw about what it really takes, then Bossy is for you. This podcast has been brought to you by Gallery Salon, where beauty and art collide. You can find out more at gallerryhair.com. So welcome to the Bossy Podcast. Hi, Erica. Hey. Hey, Erica. Hey, Kelly. Kelly Metris here, and Kelly Bush is interviewing from... Hudson, New York, yes. And on site, we have Jordan Betts and Asa Schutz, so you probably will hear their voices throughout. Erica, do you want to introduce yourself and what you do? I would love to. Hey, guys. I own Gallery Salon in the Neighborhood of the Arts um, in Rochester, New York, and I have been in the industry for 23 years, 23 very, very long years, and have owned Gallery Salon since 2015. Um, which brings us to 17 years this year, if the math is correct, correct? You just said 2015, so start over. Yeah. Tw- yeah, I've owned the salon since 2015. 20- oh, no, since 2005. <laughs> just kidding. With a different yeah, guy no. in your openings. No. Like, that's not possible. No, see, the math... Remember did- when math makes you crazy? Remember? Remember? remember <laughs> oh, I just, had a, I just had my daughter's um, parent-teacher conference, and they said that her math skills were subpar, so I don't know where she gets that from. So, um, hi, my name is Erica Cervello. I own Gallery Salon. I've owned Gallery Salon since 2005. There we go. Um, yeah, so 2005. So I've owned the salon for 17 years now, which um, doesn't seem possible, really, when you think about that I'm only 22. And, um, <laughs> it's amazing. I know. I was like, I love Hauser your parallel life there. What? They said, I love how you do that. That's yeah, incredible. Yeah. yeah. You're the I age house Hauser of salon. Yes, I am. I am. For those of you over the age of 40. <laughs> we just aged <laughs> Just kidding. And now you know I'm lying. Um, I am also not a very good liar, so that's something that you should note. Math is not my strong suit either. Um, but I do damn good hair. I yes, also you do. employ 12 amazing humans right now. 12, I think it is. We are a certified safe zone uh, within um, Rochester, New York, and we have gender neutral pricing, and we work with a ton of local Rochester artisans. Yeah, talk louder and make sure people oh, can hear you. Oh, yes, louder. We're on a podcast. We work very closely with NAMI Rochester, which is really great. And what is NAMI? NAMI is the National Association of Mental Illness, for Mental Illness. Um, They actually are located right on the corner from you guys in Village Gate. By you guys, I'm pointing to Kelly Metris because they own Selena's right in the the same area, the same uh, complex. Yeah, that's what I do. Why do you do it? Why do I do it? Which part of it? Right? (laughs) 
Why, um, why are you an HR specialist? Oh, why um, are you an? Why HR are you specialist? a plumber? Um, <laughs> well, because the toilet breaks and someone's got to fix it. Hell yeah! Uh, I started doing hair when I was. Um, I had gone to Nazareth College. I came out to Rochester in '97. I just did the same thing you did, Asa. Um, I came out to Rochester in '97 to go to Nazareth College for. Um, I wanted to be an artist. So, you know, I thought that would be like the easiest route for me to go. What was your specialty? Um, metalsmithing and sculpture. And um, realized quickly that you have to do all the other classes like math <laughs> uh. to have a four-year degree, you know, successfully. Um, and after my sophomore year, I decided that that was not for me anymore. And I was going to... Just work at a restaurant and figure out what I wanted to do. And um, my parents at the time said, if I was going to stay in Rochester, I had to do something. So I applied to RIT. I did get in as a transfer for my junior year. And I decided not to do that um, because I was going to go into industrial design. And I did not want to sit behind a desk. So I thought about what I wanted to do. And I loved serving um, at restaurants so much, and I loved people so much that I was like, what the hell? I'm going to do what my dad did, even though I said I'd never do it. And I went to hair school. To my parents' dismay. Is that the right word? Dismay? I think so. Yeah. I yes. think they would agree. Yeah, they, they were not happy about it. They thought that it was a very dumb idea because backing up, um, I grew up in a salon. My father had a salon that was literally attached to the other side of our kitchen. So uh, getting ready for school, um, having friends over, that's like where we played and hung out. And I always said I would never, ever, ever do what my dad did. <laughs> and here we are. But yours is not attached to your house. No, so absolutely not. And it will never, ever be attached to my house. No. No. Um, the, the part of it that, you know, really was upsetting to me as a child was, you know, we'd be at a family dinner, the rare family dinner. You know, the one that happened like once a month anyways. And we would get interrupted by somebody just walking right in and saying, Paul, we need you. There's a, something happening out here. And there was always an eruption. It was never a separate entity. Like it was, the family was completely engrossed in my father's salon all the time, which I also have very fond memories of as well as right. not so fond memories of. I mean, like the first time I ever found out a child was born was in my dad's salon at eight years old. No, yeah, no, that was traumatizing. <laughs> that was... Um, but the other parts of it were, you know, seeing the hustle and the bustle, you know, like watching people be really excited about leaving and feeling great and the chit chat and the, you know, just the buzz that was happening all the time. I mean, I walk out there and there was new people out there every, I mean, every day, every time I walked out there, there was a new person out there. It was always creative. There was always people laughing. That was like the big thing that I remember is like people laughing and the smell of perms and cigarettes, which are not fond memories, but that shows that I'm clearly 22 years old. <laughs> so back in the year, I ask a question. This is a very serious Choking, question. yes, yes. Did the dryer chairs have mm -hmm. in the, yeah, So the dryer chairs oh. were to the left in the yeah. salon. We had, there were four of them that were attached together. So like if yep. you picked one up, they all came up. And in between, there was the, the little flipped ashtray. Oh, yeah. And that you could like lift them out and then dump them out because you had to do that every day because, you know, there yeah. was people smoking all the time. My dad, listen to this story. This is a good story. My father would smoke cigarettes when he was cutting hair because it was the 80s slash 90s. And it was fine to do that, clearly. But the thing that I remember the most that has stuck with me is that 
Oh, so he would be finished coloring someone's hair. And, you know, the, the color is around your hairline and you got to get it off. Well, now we use what's called stain remover. Oh. My father would dip his towel into the barbicide jar, dip it into the ashtray, rub the ashes around, and rub it on people's heads. Did it work? And it took it off. It's actually an old school yeah. technique. Yeah. Cigarette yeah. ashes. It's oh disgusting. My God. Yeah. So people would be like... Cool. I'll smell like a dirty <laughs> ashtray. Um, I have not tried it myself. I kind of want to try it, but I have to ask a question. So now, so like the child in me, everyone smoked everywhere and you never really thought about it. So mm. you walk into a salon and see people smoking and getting their hair done and chemicals and the whole nine yards, you're just like, okay, cool. Um, yeah. You know, but the 44 year old me is like, oh my God, did anyone catch fire? Right. Oh, I mean, did yeah, there were so up? many combustible... Um, especially then, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the chemicals were insane then compared to what they are now. I mean, like everybody's so aware of what's going on their skin and in their body and what we're ingesting. Then it was, I mean, there was, (laughs) I'm going to get technical here. There are, um, exothermic and endothermic perms and the ones that go under the dryer, we really don't do much of anymore. And those were the ones that actually were, could be flammable. So um, yeah, the smell that stayed with these people and everything else. I, uh, I don't believe I ever saw fire though. I don't, I don't think so. I'm, I'm going to have to ask my dad that. See, I thought when you were going into the story no. about him smoking, like I knew that that was a thing. With yeah. Ashes, but I thought you were going to go into like he was hairspraying hairspray. Oh, and the <laughs> no, but I mean like, yeah, I no, I'm surprised <laughs> like, there was no like, explosion. Like, Not that I ever know of. No. I mean, you know what, you know what else we had that everybody was super jealous of? I had a tanning bed upstairs <gasps> oh my in my dad's God. salon. I did. I did. Oh, it was boy. like getting into the DeLorean. It was amazing. <laughs> the DeLorean. You were aging. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like crazy for well, all the 22-year-old I mean, you guys all understand. <laughs> you all you all know what a DeLorean is. So yeah. it's okay. It's a reference we all get. Um, yeah, so that was super cool. Um, and that was before, you know, like people cared about skin cancer. So we'd lube ourselves up with uh, <laughs> oh, like... Like tropic, tro- tropic sun was that what it was called? Tropic Oil, sun? yeah, 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 Crisco. yeah. Crisco. yeah. But, and ironically, I would put lemon in my hair as well. Speaking of aging ourselves, and oh, wow. in my dad's salon, laying his tanning bed, <laughs> so messed up. That was my childhood. That's what I did for fun on Friday nights. And here you are doing it again. Yeah, yeah, and I love it. What? What was? How did Gallery's salon start? What was your first place like? So my first salon I worked at. Um, was a super busy place on Park Ave. Um, I was there for about three years. I built my business super quick because, as you can tell, I'm a talkative person. And I have absolutely zero problems walking up to people and saying hi and introducing myself. And, uh, you know, she started asking people for free, if they wanted a free haircut. I was out at bars. I was 20, 21 years old. I was socializing all the time. Um, so I built my clientele super quickly. I had a bunch of friends still from Nazareth that were in need of a hairstylist, you know, they weren't going home anymore. Um, they were now like residing in Rochester. So I just started calling everybody and saying, I need you in. And I worked my ass off. I was working like, I don't know, 50 hours a week at the salon and still serving, um, while I was building clientele. And then after three years of going from graduating from school to becoming a renter. So I went from an hourly employee to a commission employee to a rental stylist, I decided that I wanted to move into a different location. So then I moved out to Brighton, which is a suburb of Rochester, and um, worked as a renter 
stylist there for two years. And the gentleman that owned that salon was planning on closing. And we were all trying to figure out what we wanted to do. And I said, what the hell? Let me open a salon. I was 25 and uh, found a cute little first floor in an old house on University Ave in the neighborhood of the arts. A couple of people that were working at that current salon, the salon before, um, decided they were going to come with me because they were closing. And um, yeah, Gallery Salon was born. I wanted to do something with art as well as hair. And um, I had, again, a bunch of friends that were artists. And I was like, you want to show your stuff at Gallery? You want to put your stuff on the wall? I mean, I, I had no idea what I was doing. No idea. However, I'm here still, so that's good. So you only had the first floor? Yeah. Yeah. I so, never realized the second floor wasn't yours. Well, I did. I, I grew into the second floor. Right. So I'll, I'll tell this story, but it's going to be a quick story because it's a, it's a all the feels story. So we went from the first floor to the second floor. We expanded um, into a spa. So we had Reiki, massage, waxing, facials, pedicures, and manicures on the second floor. It was not ADA compliant. It was not very successful. I mean, it was fine, but it was not overly successful. I was approached by a very large company in Rochester, New York, that asked me if I would open up another location next to RIT, which is Rochester Institute of Technology. And I jumped at the chance of that at 27, 28, and spent um, a lot of money. Three quarters of a million dollars when I was 20, how old was I? 27, right? 20, it was 2008, so. We've already discussed that math is not our Oh, right, 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 yeah. So, so I was, yeah, so, you. yeah. And uh, a third party offered me a space at a retirement facility, and I just thought that I could do whatever I wanted to do, and I could do it. It, it didn't matter how many more hours I needed in my day that were not available, so I had three salons. Um, at this time, I was spread so thin that nothing was overly successful. Um, so fast forward a little bit of time. As everybody knows, the recession of twenty or 2009 happened. Um, I lost almost everything. I was going to declare bankruptcy. However, I had put my salon on university up for collateral. So had I declared... As we do. Yeah, as we do. Yes. And my home as we do as we do because I bought my home the first year I bought or the first year I opened the salon as well because I knew I was going to be poor and I was <laughs> a landlord so I was like oh perfect they can pay my they can pay my mortgage so you technically had another job on right. top of that sure yeah so I had my home and my business up for collateral and it was either declare bankruptcy and lose everything or pay it back so I decided I was gonna pay it back um, so I closed Park Point, the location at RIT. Um, shortly after that, I closed Rivers Run, which was at the independent living facility, and came back to university, guns blazing. <laughs> and at that time, I was in the process of getting married and starting a family. Fast forward to 2013, my amazing child was born. And um, at the time, the salon was expanding, growing, like to the point where we were literally bursting at the seams. It was, uh, I don't know, maybe 800 square feet. It was a tiny place, maybe a thousand. It was tiny. Um, the downstairs where the salon was, 
But we had decided that the spa portion of the salon was not going well. By we, I mean me. <laughs> and uh, the mouse in your pocket. Me, myself, and I, we were we were having this conversation one day. I was talking to myself and decided that um, we needed to expand what I was really good at, which was being a stylist and also educating my stylists and uh, downsize and get rid of um, the spa services. So... When my daughter was eight months old, I signed a lease for a space that was almost 3,000 square feet that was an old um, warehouse that was a completely empty space, raw space, and uh, opened up where we are now currently on Elton Street that is a block from my old location. And it is extremely successful and huge and awesome and like my big girl salon. It's my dream place and uh, I love it so much. And we've grown, um, God, I mean, you can't really do the numbers because of COVID and everything, but man, we've expanded our business multiple times. Multiple. So can I ask Um, you a deep question? Sure. Kelly, did you want to ask something first? Uh, Just because... Erica's bad at math. What year are we talking that you opened gallery at Elton Street? On Elton Street, I moved over there in March of 2014. So gotcha. my daughter was mm, 10 months old. Yeah, because you had her first birthday there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, we had her first birthday party at the salon. That's right. So you're obviously an optimist. I am. Because only an optimist would take that much on that quickly. And mm-hmm. you're obviously good at what you do running the business and as a stylist because you wouldn't have been able to do all of that as someone who can feel a lot of those feelings with you and has gone through a closure Mm. and all of the emotions that go in. Mm -hmm. What would you say were the top feelings you had about yourself before you closed, when you closed, and then now about the closure. So I was, uh, I'm going to just be honest, arrogant and young. My ego has always been huge. I, that's just me. I am very proud person. And, uh, when I was approached by this, uh, company that owns, I don't know if they still do, but the Rochester malls and like strip, I mean like the big, huge, can we say the name? Should we say that? I mean, if anybody looks it up, it doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> um, when they approached me, I was like, I'm the shit. They clearly want me. I mean, why wouldn't they want me? So, of course, I, you know, at that point, I really did not know how to make, I didn't even know how to make a spreadsheet, for Christ's sake. You know, I mean, like, I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't write a business plan, Kelly Bush. I know. I mean, like, I I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I literally was flying by the seat of my pants. So when I got in and, you know, things started rolling and things were going well, and then all of a sudden the recession started and everything just, like, tanked. And nobody was coming. And it, I mean, to my defense, current it's still currently there, the whole plaza. There's one business since right. 2008 that is still there. One. And she's a very good friend of mine, and she has struggled her, herself. So the location was not great. The setup of the whole building, because it, it was a con- brand new construction from the ground up. So it was just not planned out very well. I mean, Barnes & Noble couldn't even, couldn't even survive there. So... That tells you, you know, a little something about that, that location. So how did I feel when I 
when I first started was the week before you made that final decision. If you've been thinking about starting a podcast and you want to include interviews with people across town, Riverside.fm offers unbelievable high quality recordings, regardless of your or your guest internet quality. And it also gives you separate audio and video tracks for each person speaking. And unlike Zoom, you don't have to install anything on your computer, and your guests don't either. Head over to Riverside.fm and use promo code JazzyCast to get 60 free minutes of recording and 15% off a membership plan. I thought I was done. I was completely devastated. I felt like a sham. I felt it was probably one of the worst feelings I've felt like of loss. Um, I mean, now that I'm a lot older, I know what real loss is. Uh, so looking back on it, I was like, what the hell was I thinking? That was a dumb move anyway. So I'm glad it, I did it and it taught me something. But, um, when it was happening, I thought it was like the end of the uh, end of my life, like the end of my career. I was like, why am I even doing this? This is stupid. I shouldn't even be, I shouldn't even own a, I shouldn't own a salon, let alone three salons, you know? Yeah, it was, um, it's soul crushing. It was devastating. It was, um embarrassing. It was really embarrassing. I felt really embarrassed. I felt like, um, people were going to judge me that like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And, you know, and part of that was true, but part of it was also the economy like crashing, you know, like there was, there was a lot to it, but you know, looking back on it now, I was, I was stretched so thin. I remember one time I was at the location at RIT and one of my employees calls me from the university location and said, uh, we have a man locked in the massage room right now because he just exposed himself to one of our massage therapists. And I was like Mario Andretti. I got from Henrietta to, to, uh, university Ave in seven minutes, which is not a seven minute drive. For those of you who do not know that it's approximately 18 minutes. And I flew there so fast and I had to like cancel my appointments in between. You know what I mean? Like it was just like this huge, crazy, cause it was just me. And I was 26, 27, whatever I was. I was a kid. I had no idea what to do. I mean, like, it was crazy. So, yeah, I mean, that was a total side note and uh, ADD kicked in. But that is, uh, it was it was just too much. All of it was way too much. You think it was worth it? I mean, it definitely taught me a lot. You know, I say, I generally say that every decision that I've made has brought me to where I am now, whether it's good or bad. It's taught me something. I've learned something. And, you know, it's one of those things that if you forget history, then you're doomed to repeat it or something. Yeah. I mean, I try really hard to actually make very uh, educated decisions now and really think about things instead of just leaping with my heart, which uh, my current partner has been amazing for me with that, um, really thinking things through, talking things through. I think having a partner that... um, actually cares and well when you say partner you mean life partner not oh yes 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 partner? sorry sorry yes right <laughs> yeah sorry yeah my um my guy and i have been together for like five years and he's been amazing for that he's he's very down to earth he's very you know let's make a spreadsheet let's look at these things and i'm like oh my god yeah it works so much better when you plan it out like that so <laughs> yeah so how is your spreadsheet game these days it sucks i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna lie <laughs> you haven't learned I mean, yourself no, no, no so listen nate my my partner he works on spreadsheets all day. He's like, I just took this course and I know how to fill in this chart and do these things. And I'm like, that's so awesome. I just want to know how to do like line one plus line two equals line three. That's all I need to know. So, I mean, I've got like the basics down. I'm okay. 
Do you have big plans for the future? (sighs) Yes. Yeah, of course I do. I yeah. Sure. Yes. Would you ever open another location? No. I will never (laughs) open another location. However, when I move my current location to or my current business to another location, yes. One of the things that has stuck with me is I, I met this gentleman years and years and years ago who was a hairstylist that was doing hair, sorry, during the, um, you know, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, and he was retiring. And he said the one thing that he would do if he could do it over was buy a building because he's been paying all this money into someone else's pocket and blah, blah, blah. Well, as a landlord and somebody that already has invested in commercial property, um, I do think that it will be my next step. If I find the right location, I would love to have my own business or my own building um, so I can have my business in there and some maybe some other businesses, depending on how large a, of a space I can find, um, where it's more of a co-op kind of a space where there's other like-minded businesses with under one roof. I know some other people that are very interested in, <laughs> and there's smiles happening right now at this table. Um, I know some other people that are very interested in having that kind of a group setting of of like-minded businesses. A co-op. Yeah. A co-op of sorts. Sure. Yeah. Hi, I'm Penny. I am talking about why I joined Bossy. Well, truth be told, I didn't really join Bossy. Bossy kind of joined me. I was asked to speak at one of your conferences, one of your events, and I did. And then you never let me leave. No, it's like you looked at me and you saw something that I didn't see. You didn't see me. I didn't see myself as a business person. I didn't see myself as a performer making this my business, but you did. And you treated me that way, which quite frankly was not a way that I was used to thinking about myself. And I like it. I feel like I have made great strides in my, uh, my business of being me since I started there, and I'm really glad I did. Since I like to keep it serious, you know me and my good sense of humor, uh-huh. uh, you mentioned in the beginning of this that you partner with NAMI. Yes. Why? Okay. So I actually met NAMI, the peoples from NAMI, uh, just about a year ago. Um, I reached out to them through social media, and I was like, how did I not know about you people and what you're doing, and you're right around the corner from me? Um, NAMI, again, is the mental or the National Association for Mental illness. And I have struggled with mental illness my entire life. I am a proud uh, sertraline taker. (laughs) I I take a lot of drugs for to (laughs) to keep my mental health uh, prescription. You take the appropriate amount. Yes, yes, yes. I take the appropriate amount that is doctor prescribed (laughs) and regulated for um, to stabilize my mental health. Um, And I think that is an under Talk, it's not talked about as much as it should be. It's not recognized as something that is just as serious as having heart failure uh, or cancer, or I mean, maybe not in some cases, but that it can affect every single bit of your life as much as any sort of physical illness can. And I do think that specifically in this industry, there's a lot of mental illness. There really is. And I think it's, it goes along with being creative people. So, yeah, when I found out who NAMI, what NAMI was, I met with some of the staff and, like, completely just immediately became enamored with what they were doing and getting the word out that we need to normalize 
mental illness and that it's okay to talk about with people and to share your stories and to know that other people are going through some major shit and that there can be a place that you can be supported. And I thought, holy shit, what an amazing place to have extra support than a salon where we're already, I mean, most people say it, we're already therapists. Mm -hmm. Uh You know, all my shit. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, I can't (laughs) even tell you. I mean, I'm very, very lucky that I have a very solid clientele of 20 plus years that people have become like family, you know, and, you know, we're the first ones to hear about somebody's getting, someone has, is pregnant. You know what I mean? Like, that's always like, we're the first ones because they're like, oh, you can't color my hair. I'm pregnant. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, yeah, you can. Okay. So, but that their husband cheated on them or that they had cancer or their parent died or whatever it is. And that we have this ability as stylists to, to hold these people in a, give these people a safe space to talk about these things. And I mean, a lot of us are exhausted at the end of the day, emotionally stylists or artists, um, nail techs, anybody in the cosmetology field because of a lot of that. But I was going to say, that's got to be a lot of heaviness to leave work with. Yeah. So uh, Nami and I put together this one-time workshop, which we are going to hopefully expand on. And we're going to have a meeting this week about it. A support group for stylists and anybody in the cosmetology beauty industry where we could go and sit and commiserate together. I mean, talk about it. (laughs) So it's like a bossy for cosmetology. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Except it's even... The emotional stuff that we talk about in Bossy, that specifically. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not talking... With, like, a therapeutic approach, maybe? Maybe Correct. we could bring yeah. Nami into our Bossy meetings to I be like... I think that'd be great. I think... That, and they said that they would love to do that, so... I love that. Yeah. I think as a stylist, can I add to this? Yeah. Um, one of the things that kind of what you're talking about with this Nami and this, this group here is the fact that as a stylist, like you had said, we are the first to know about everything um, or we're highly involved in something and with people's lives. And the whole concept of taking all of this kind of information in, it's very heavy. Uh It can be very heavy. And we work with these clients who become these deep relationships with us and then they get cancer or something like that. And we we work through that and we deal with that. And one of the things that it's important for us as providers to understand but this goes into every single industry. It's important for us to be able to understand how to separate that energy between us and them. Um, and that's that's understanding how to separate that. That's an important thing. Because if we don't know how to do that, then we do take on mm-hmm. other people's trauma. And trauma shows up in our bodies in Absolutely. the future. Whether that be physical, emotional, down the road, trauma always shows back up. Mm-hmm. And so if we are dealing with other people's trauma, they are transferring that to us. Right. So it's important that we're able to reach out and to be able to talk about these types of groups. Mm-hmm. So huge yeah. and so important. And it's okay. I think the thing that I want to say and the reason why I jumped in is it's okay as a provider to say this is too much sometimes. And we need to be able to step back and someone else has to help us process through that. So ironically, the whole NAMI um, grouping, the group that we put together was supposed to be for us as providers to recognize if one of our clients was having some sort of mental illness, either episode or something was going on like suicidal. 
um, for us to be able to see the warning signs of it. And so everybody came in with that kind of knowledge, right? Like the, the, that's what this was going to be about that, you know, someone comes in, can we define whether it's just, they're having a bad day or like they're not showering anymore. They are not brushing their hair. They look completely different physically, you know, like knowing the warning signs. So for us as, as providers, we came in there thinking like they were going to share with us all these warning signs and like how to deal with it and all the um, places that we could send them to and have a resource guide. And we do have all of that. It ended up being every single one of these people by the end of the two hour session, everyone was like, so how do I (laughs) as a provider unload at the end of the day when I have seven clients that just threw all of their heavy shit on me? You know, like, how do I separate that? And how do I take care of myself? And how do I learn how to say no and set boundaries? And, you know, we talked a lot about, like, turning off your phone at night. If a client contacts you, don't respond. You don't have to be at their beck and call. You do not need to be available 24-7. You set boundaries and you say, I'm only working from this time to this time on these days. And if you contact me outside of those hours, I will only be responding to you within these hours, um, making sure that people knew that if they are not having the right kind of attitude in your chair, to be able to say to them, I cannot service you if this is going to continue this way. And then let me tell you, as, <laughs> as a salon owner and a provider, I have had people sit in my chair that I am like, holy shit, I feel so bad for you. You are the most miserable human being I've ever met in my entire life and you are sucking my soul out of me. And it's interesting because the older I get, the more I'm able to easily, easier to say, no, I will not allow this in my space. Um, You know, and I think it's partially maybe being a mom too. I'm not sure, but like seeing negative energy around my kid. I'm like, no, 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 we're pushing that away. We're not going to do that. You know, and friend groups and everything, you know, I just don't want that negativity around me. So, you know, we've had, we've had clients that we've asked to leave. And I know that that's something that a lot of people would go, no, you didn't. But we have a door or a sign on our door that says hate has no home here. We are a very inclusive salon. And if someone comes in and says something that is not nice, they're asked to leave. It's a, you know, it's a, an individually owned business, private business. I can make my own rules and my rules are not that harsh. No. They're be nice, <laughs> you know? So, right. I mean, I think all that goes together too with the inclusivity part of it because there is, um, we have such a huge LBGTQ plus community within our space, both staff and clientele. <laughs> There's a lot of mental health stuff that goes along with that, you know, and it is a safe space. So if someone comes in there and they start, running their mouth about anything that may be a little off color, they're shut down really quickly, which is unlike a lot of businesses. And I think that, um, you know, our salon has grown, gallery has grown because of us defining our space as to be so inclusive and, you know, like celebrate your weirdness and celebrate your, your uniqueness and your individualism. Indivi- wow. Individuality. So English and math aren't our strong points. <laughs> I mean, I'm a really good artist, though. I'm a really good. I get cut hair, like, all day. 
You know, and to speak to that though, I think over the last three years, we've really seen a lot of hands being forced, Uh right? And, And as business owners of our own businesses that identify as we may, it is our job to let the world know where we stand, how we stand, what we accept and what we won't. And it's the the time of like, keep your lips shut Mm -hmm. and just like, let it all figure itself out is is over. If if we as business owners don't stand up for what we see as right, then the other world out there Mm -hmm. will overshadow us and and who knows, the hate will continue. I remember having a conversation with Kelly Bush and Kelly Metris in it had to have been 2019, maybe 2018. And we started talking about doing the gender neutral pricing and like how we wanted to move forward with gallery and that I was starting to redefine our space and become more um, gay friendly, just queer friendly in general. And I remember you being like the Kelly, I'm pointing at Kelly Metra saying to me, like, you can do that because you're a salon. Right. I can't do that because I'm a restaurant. But honestly, and now changed that. everything changed. Well, Every, I mean, really. Like what Asa was saying, I would say what I saw for my business personally was before COVID, I didn't have to really say anything. Our general rule was don't be a dick. Yep. And if you were a dick on any side of any spectrum, you can leave. Yeah. And once, and it wasn't just COVID, I would say it was probably around that time because there was a lot of political stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And politics doesn't necessarily play a role in my business, but don't be a dick does. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people felt the worthiness to say whatever the hell they wanted. And I was like, oh, hell no. And it started getting so outlandish. Mm -hmm. And then it really just like 2020 just like pushed it in. And I'm like, what Mm -hmm. the fuck? I'm just trying to be open. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, you know what? I can only have 50% of people in here. I'm going to pick the 50% that gets to come in. (laughs) Uh, Right. Right? Like, I was like, no. Like, you, it it became this whole new level, which really allowed businesses that were in a position like mine that felt like I didn't have to say anything because nobody was being overtly racist. They weren't being overtly transphobic. You know, like anything, Mm -hmm. like, People just kind of kept their mouth shut into their own thing. Yeah, and anymore. if they didn't, then we asked them to leave. But now it just seemed like this one of these things that was like people could say whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, even just, just last week in in my neighborhood, all right, there's a new restaurant there that's owned by a lesbian couple. And they just got this horrendous oh. handwritten letter in the mail. With a Bible, that, right? With a Bible. Yeah. that, And it was just basically like... Please keep this Bible. I paid a lot of money for it, but you're gay and you're awful and you're going to hell. So you need to fix yourselves. And it's like oh, that could be a whole other podcast. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, in my and you know, even in my industry where where people are shooting real estate photos, right? You think that's not important, whatever. But like, I'm sorry, but if you're a an investor that's only housing like white upper class people, mm-hmm. I don't need to promote your crap. I don't need mm-hmm. to be the face of of your stuff, right? Like, I don't need to take on jobs that are promoting something that I don't believe in. And getting to that point as a business owner where you feel confident mm-hmm. enough to do that takes grit and, and it, grind. And, and it's so empowering when you finally so get there. Right. So and, what, and where I was going to go with that is 
having the staff now watching me, my staff, my crew, my people watching me do all of this. And they're looking at me. And I remember texting Jordan, calling Jordan and saying, Jordan Betts, who owns also owns a salon that's with us. And she said, Erica, you got to walk the walk. Or if you're, you know, you got to talk the talk if you're going to walk the walk. Like you need to, you need to show them that you're serious. If you're preaching this, you need to practice it. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll give you the story about that really quick. The I had a gentleman that I had been cutting his hair for 20 years, him and his wife. Um, and he came into the salon one day and uh, I have a Black Lives Matter sign hanging at the front of my salon very proudly. And he said, I got to tell you something, Erica. I think my life matters too. And I said, yeah. Sure it does. We'll call him John. His name is not John. Um, and I said, sure it does, John. And he said, well, shouldn't you have a sign up that says that? And I was like, John's life matters. John said, because isn't that discriminating? And I said, I'm not doing this today, John, because he had made comments to me prior to this about the wall being built and that uh, anybody that speaks a different language should not be in this country. And we had words about that as well. And so I finally told him he was no longer welcome. And that was when I called Jordan and I asked for advice because I was like, I don't know what to do. This is like, this is serious. Like he would not have said that to my black employees at that time. He wouldn't have because he knew that as a white woman, he thought he could push, push me around and bully me into saying something really disgusting within my business. And I'm here to offer him a service. And I was like, you're no longer welcome back here. And it was the, one of the hardest things I ever did. But my staff came up behind me, <laughs> rallied. A lot of them cried because they were so proud of that. And we became stronger as a team, we became stronger as what we wanted to do and who we wanted to provide for and what we will and won't stand for. And that goes right back to like the it must be nice mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah, that's one of the benefits mm -hmm. of owning your own business is we get to provide the services mm -hmm. that we are so good to the people that mm -hmm. we just think are deserving of them and the, and the mm -hmm. things that we want to promote. I'm not out there making commercials for mobile and gas companies because I drive electric cars, right? Like, right. but when GreenSpark calls me and says, Hey, we're celebrating 20 years of being in the, in the green energy field. We we'd like you to come and, uh, you know, record our event. It's like, absolutely. Hell yeah. I'm behind you 100%. Yeah. And being able to get to that point is tough mm -hmm. and being being at the point where you can say no or yeah. say get out it's is important it's also been really difficult through covid too because we've because we are a safe zone we actually take that to multiple different areas like we're not just lbgtq safe zone but we are um, ada compliant we are we make sure that we are solidly equipped for anybody anybody to come into our salon except and, for haters yeah except for haters um and we had some some people real pissed off that we were continuing to mask and our masking situation we we did not go with like the greater population of people unmasking and whatnot and we had people i remember specifically one day one of my employees, her client came in and was like, are you effing kidding me? You're still masking. Like started like freaking out on her. And she turned around and said, you can go somewhere else. I'm sure that there's other places that don't mask. And now she came in the back room and she tells me this story. Most boss is, would say, you did what? And I was like, mm -hmm. yeah. get it, girl. Yeah. Get it. I'm so proud of you. 
Thank you for continuing to like stand your ground and like support gallery and what we're doing, you know, like it was so important. And and I'm giving my staff this sense of empowerment, you know, like it's so awesome, you know, and we make decisions as a team. We have monthly meetings. We make sure that everybody's on the same page and everybody feels comfortable. And some people might call that um, being a sheep and, and uh, you know, doing the thing. But, man, but we are doing great. Let's face it. The best leaders follow from the middle of the flock, yep. right? They're, they're not in the front where they don't see yep. what's going on behind them. They're, they're right in with it. And if you can make your team feel empowered, you're just going to succeed. Do you know how penguins yourself? all move as a group? Yeah. yeah. There's one that goes out to the front, and then they mm-hmm. go back to the middle and bring another one out yep. front so everybody stays warm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 We're penguins. Yeah, I love that. Oh my gosh, you need a penguin sign for the front door. <laughs> you know what we're, we're getting a little full with all of our po- political signs <laughs> right now, but you know. Your front door does have uh, a lot of signs on it. It does have a lot of signs. We actually just took off all the NAMI signs, which was very sad to see come down. We're on to a new month. We're into the gays, the gay months now. So we you are know, promoting. Penguins can be gay. Oh yeah, pay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anybody can be gay. Well, no, I'm not going for pink. Your, oh, your yeah. penguin picture. Sure, okay. We'll have like a rainbow penguin. A go. penguin oh, with a rainbow belly. Yeah, oh, go. that's a cute idea. Okay. So, do you have anything upcoming you want to share? Yeah, we're we're working with some other local uh, beauty companies, beauty um, businesses. We are going to be at the Universal Beauty Tent at the Rochester Gay Pride picnic. Um, after party. What's the date on that? Because this gets dropped on June 27th. Oh, perfect. Because we celebrate different in Rochester. We celebrate in July. It's July 8th. It is July 16th. 16th. July 16th. So we'll be doing braids and hair yeah. glitter or body glitter and hair glitter and tattoos. Semi-permanent tattoos. <laughs> okay, nobody's nobody's gonna be out there with any needles. And we're just having fun. We're gonna be partying it up and doing that. So there's that. Uh, I mean, I have so many vacations this year. I'm taking vacations. Oh, so awesome. I have personal things going on, which is super stoked. I'm super stoked about. Um, I mean, I guess the next biggest thing would be that uh, Gallery Salon is going to be hosting the Bossy Holiday Sale in December. December. What did we say? December 5th? Mm-hmm. Was that day? Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. That, that Monday. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So there's that. Um, but man, I'm just really trying hard just to build my business, get my, my uh, staff Back to quote unquote unquote the new normal and kick ass. I would just like to point out that you just said build my business and you've been doing it for 17 years. And I think that's a key takeaway mm. for everyone listening to this that's either thinking about starting their own business or currently running their own business. Mm. But it doesn't matter if you've been doing it a day, a month, a year, or 20 years. We're always building. Mm-hmm. So Changing, growing. Come out by telling us who you are again, where to find you. Gallery Salon is in Rochester, New York at 4 Elton Street in the Neighborhood of the Arts. Um, you guys can also look at our awesome website. It's galleryhair.com. Um, we're on social media, obviously, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Do you or, have a TikTok? Or, I mean, so listen, we have a TikTok, but my girls make fun of me. I'm old. And there were way too many transitions. They all ripped on me, so the I'm not doing hands? any. You didn't do the tiny hands TikTok? That was on, oh, I don't know if that was on TikTok. I don't know. Listen, you come to Gallery Salon, you're going to have fun. You're going to laugh your ass off. Um, someone's probably either going to be singing or dancing. There's going to be amazing hair, amazing nails, amazing art, amazing Ooh, people. commercial. <laughs> yeah, if you could just cut that, please. Um, yeah, so. Oh, you know what else I didn't say? No. 
that I don't think that Geller Salon would be where it is if it wasn't for Bossy. And I walked into that meeting seven years ago and learned how to write a business plan. Eight years ago, again, math, um, <laughs> and learned how to write a business plan for my business and learned that I needed a I-9 for each one of my employees. And this was, I'm going to figure this out, nine years into my business that I found out all those things. Yes. Which so, makes us past um, any kind of audit guidelines, I believe. <laughs> so if anyone from the state is listening, um, those people yes, are yes, 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 yes. Oh, don't worry. Everything is up to date Everything now. is Everything filed is appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a different podcast, your HR. Yeah. Oh, God, HR. Well, Bossy loves you. And Erica was our first and has been our biggest supporter since day one. So we thank you. And if Kelly was still here, she would thank you too. And we love you. I love you guys too so much. Thank you for letting me be a part of this and grow with you guys. Thank you, Erica. Peace. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening to Erica's story. I love Erica. She brings so much to the table. Such a great story. And I love her journey with mental health and how amazing, what great things that she's done for herself and for her staff. And she really pushes us to make mental health a focus for every event that we have. We always talk about it. And I think it's so important And if you are struggling with any mental health issues, NAMI is nationwide and certainly something to look into. I loved her story about her dad's salon, and I have so many questions about why people didn't blow up. I've known her for so long, and it wasn't only till about two years ago that I I even knew that that was how she got started. I just had no idea. I just assumed she always did amazing hair. (laughs) She had no idea. My amazing hair. does my amazing hair as well. (laughs) She does a lot of bossy members. And I think that's one of the neat things about bossy is that once you meet us and once you meet people in the group, you just want to support them. And it's, it's such a great network. She does a lot of our hair. Well, tune in next time for Getting Real with Bossy. We are excited to share another story with you and we hope you like it. All right, bossies, thank you for listening. Now subscribe, get out there, be bold, be brave, and be the boss. Live it, love it, lime it with Selena's Mexican restaurant at the Village Gate. Come for the food, stay for the fun. Become a part of Selena's family. Selena's offers daily specials, happy hour at the bar, and catering, plus dietary menus for celiac, vegan, and vegetarian guests. Find out more at Selena's.com. S A L E N A S.com. Hi, I'm Kelly Bush, and I own Marshall Street Bar and Grill. Whether you're out celebrating with friends or looking for a catered event, Marshall Street is your number one choice. With board games, pool, darts, pinball, and three large screen projectors, you'll never run out of things to do. Check out our huge menu with over 60 items, including vegan and vegetarian food, 18 taps, unique spirits, and great daily specials. We've got something for everyone. Come see old friends or make new ones at Marshall Street Bar and Grill. You always have a home at Marshall Street.